Today, we are talking about a well-known influencer who has recently become a foster parent. Join us today on Fostering the Future. Welcome to the Fostering the Future podcast, a show about all things child welfare, dependency, adoption, and foster care. Here are your hosts, veterans in the world of child welfare, Jack and Kat. We believe that every human has incredible and equal value regardless of what side of the courtroom we sit on. We hope that everyone feels welcome and accepted here on Fostering the Future. Make sure you follow us on Facebook or Instagram as Fostering the Future Podcast, or check us out on our website at fosteringthefuturepodcast.org. This is Kat, and I'm here with Jack. And today, we are going to talk about a little bit of drama that's happening in the foster world. We are talking about a well-known influencer named Brittany Dawn, who is well-known for many, many things. She has recently become a foster parent, which leads us to question who should become a foster parent. I think this is something that we have talked about from the get. We had a list of things that you should ask yourself if you want to become a foster parent, right? And and it was like, if these are what your motivations are, then you're probably going to end up uh, disappointed or having a negative effect on a child at some point. We need way more foster parents than we have. So it's real easy for someone who's fostering or um, in some way in this involved in some way involved in the system to be like encouraging of other people to become foster parents you know it takes a willingness to do it but it also takes a willingness to learn how to parent these kids and understand trauma and stuff like that mm-hmm. and when you're not willing to do that that's when kids get hurt some people parent in a way that could be destructive to children and families that yeah. are in the dependency system absolutely and while you and i have been deep in the foster care community for many years. For us, it's second nature to have the conversation who should be a foster parent. Because this is such a big influencer, she has 1.2 million followers on TikTok, and that's how she makes her 1. income. 1.2? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been telling me about this person for a while. I have. And I, well, first of all, I think I should probably confess that I have a little bit of an aversion to TikTok. Um, I know this. <laughs> I don't, I, I honestly think that a big part of it is because because if I sit down and start scrolling TikTok, I go through a time warp. Mm-hmm. And when I look up from, you know, a quick scroll through, it's many hours later and I have lost the little bit of free time yeah. that I have. No, that's relatable. Or, or... I have left my husband alone with children longer than is really fair, right? Because I'm, you know, uh, flicking through, um, scrolling through Mm -hmm. the TikToks, the ticks and the talks. The ticks and the talks. The ticks and the talks. Sometimes they take your talk. Uh, You know, we got a TikTok sometimes. Well, I know this about you, and that's why I send your husband TikToks and not (laughs) you. So, but just to be fair, Brittany Dawn was around long before TikTok was popular. She started on, well, I don't know what she started on, but she's got an Instagram following. 
She's got a Facebook group, which is now defunct in probably other places. But what we're going to get into is probably just the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> because the more you find out about her, the more you realize there is to find out. But we'll probably just discuss the topics that impact okay. foster care. But can we start with like, give me an, like, give me a quick overview of the history of Brittany Dawn. I would love to. Brittany Dawn started her fitness journey, I think her senior year-ish of high school, but don't quote me on that. I'm sure that we could probably fact check that. But um, she, and if you follow her, you'll see this often. She posts pictures of her uh, in high school and then pictures of her now and talks about the transformation that she has made. Well, she looks like a completely different person. Oh, really? She's not even recognizable, but not, she didn't, I don't think she needed to lose weight in high school. Yes, she looks like a different person, but her hair is a different color. Eyelashes are completely different. I mean, but we're not here about her looks, but yeah, she does look like a completely different person. I'm sure if someone hasn't seen her, it's alarming. You can't even tell it's the same person. So she started um, up on Instagram and she gained a following um, based on her, her body transformation. She built that success and uh, started selling fitness plans on her website. That alone is, you know, maybe a little problematic because she has no credentials. She's not a certified anything. Um, she did market herself as a certified nutritionist, I think. She also marketed herself as uh, an expert in eating disorders. She said that she'd overcome several eating disorders, which is likely true. I don't know. So is that fraud or is it like a gray area where if you do something for a while, you could just say, hey, I'm an expert in this? I don't know about the expert part, but definitely if you're not certified, you can't say you're certified. Right. You that, so is that fraud? Well, it, I mean, you're not it. a lawyer. I'm just She's, asking. She pulls the car into the driveway all the way, if that's what you're wondering. I mean, she definitely gets all the way there. So eventually she starts selling these specialized plans, diet plans, nutrition plans. She specifically addresses people who are struggling with eating disorders and her hashtags are like ED soldier, um, things like that. She was selling meal plans to people with eating disorders. Yes. To try and get them to eat more. Well, or I eat don't, less. I don't really know. Or eat um, healthy. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not well versed in the eating disorder community. Okay. So these plans were like macros plans. And so she was advertising that she would like calculate the macros and figure out exactly what you needed, give you the plan. And then the plans ranged from $92 to $300. And you got a lot of support with some of these plans and some personalized one-on-ones to deliver. She didn't deliver on the personalized one-on-ones. So you're saying she would sell you a meal plan. Mm-hmm. And charge you based on the idea that she's going to give you a one-on-one. Yeah, like the level of support. Yeah. So she also promised that she would check in with you, I think maybe twice a week, but um, don't quote me on that part. People started complaining that one, they weren't receiving their plans. Two, that they weren't hearing back from her or hearing from her at all. Three, that when they did hear from her, it was something like, you're doing a great job, keep it up. So not customized. Not at all. Then people started to realize people were in this Facebook group and they started to realize that everybody's plan was the exact same. And everybody. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. Wow. These plans were like 900 calories, which I don't, that's like, yeah, that's not a lot. No. The other thing she advertised was flexible dieting. And I'll say this really quick. It seems so fraudulent to me, but I don't know. So basically she'd photograph herself with like a box of Oreos. And one of her hashtags was like, uh, it used the word Oreos. I forget what it was, but basically the concept is you can kind of eat what you want as long as you stay within your macros. 
I have no idea if that's true or not because I don't even know what a macro is. Are you not an expert in I am, nutrition? I no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> even not a, a kindergartner in nutrition. <laughs> Are you a certified nutritionist? You just watched me stuff my face in buffalo nacho, <laughs> buffalo uh, pretzels. pretzels. No, I'm not. Everything blew up at some point, but it took a few years. I think it was 2015 when everything just blew up. She was on Good Morning America, and she wait. She was on Good Morning America for being an amazing fitness. The opposite. She so was, for being a fraud for being a grifter and a fraud and a scam artist so she ended up releasing a youtube video where she apologized but the apology you know we we both have kids and we've taught them how to apologize correctly but you know maybe nobody taught her how to apologize correctly so her apology was i'm sorry for anybody who thinks that i whatever you know it was very like i'm sorry that you feel this way i'm sorry for anybody who feels like i hurt them as we know that's not an apology so right she then goes to hawaii which is a very expensive vacation spot well she's got some money now yeah so she gets back she disappears for a while and then she re-emerges as a christian influencer oh yeah. so she's gone from scammer to christian influencer yes was she looking for forgiveness i'm thinking that she was looking for some kind of weaponized i'm fine because i'm okay with god it's you guys who want accountability that are not fine right that's the way i take it but just my opinion right um, yeah, so she reappeared with quotes. At one point, she was um, trying to sell a $25 Christian message to people. So this was her new grift. So I don't know how successful that was, but she started to preach her modesty journey. So she would post pictures of herself in a bikini next to a picture of her, I guess, fully dressed, like covered, much more covered. Wait, wait, wait. She's posting pictures of herself in a bikini? Mm-hmm. Like as in like I didn't I used to not be modest, but look how I look now that I'm modest. But with the pictures right. of not being modest. Right. Okay. So I've never really understood why repost those pictures if now you're modest. I feel like there might be some false modesty that we're referring to. I mean to each their own. It's, it's, However, yeah. If you're claiming to be modest. Hey, everybody, (laughs) look at me in my bikini. Oh, but just kidding. I'm a Christian now, so I'm going to be fully dressed. And just a disclaimer, you can be a Christian and wear a bikini, in my opinion. Right, right, right. I mean, thou shalt not bear thy shoulders was not something I've read in my NIV. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert on the Bible either, so I have no idea. So a lot of her TikToks, she has put a towel over her head, like an Ikea dish towel. Mm -hmm. and. You know, in part of the video, she is Jesus. And then part of the video, she's her. And it's like Jesus talking to her. Like, it's maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the gatekeeper of Jesus. So I, I don't know. So in the meantime, the Better Business Bureau has put her business on alert and her website goes down. Her fitness website when she starts oh. the Christian grift. Okay. So that's kind of where that stood. And that is relevant. So we'll just like put that on hold for a second. Okay. So she pivots her unlicensed fitness influencer journey to a Jesus journey. So she starts hosting Christian retreats with her organization called She Lives Freed. She Lives Freed. Right. She hosts a retreat like every quarter ish. They've changed and evolved a little bit over time, but basically it's like at one day to three days from like 200 to $700. Tons and tons of controversy over these retreats. One fresh on my memory is when 
they had a like devotional session out in the pool and they had praise and worship. And she posted on Instagram how everybody from the hotel came out on their balconies to worship with them. And then that was recently debunked that that never happened. That's kind of her recipe for success is over embellished experiences to monetize on various social media platforms. So it's speculated that the reason that she moved to a Christian influencer model was to avoid scrutiny over her scam. She talks about how she was delivered from 12 demons, which I don't even know what that means. She posts a lot of scripture that is very anti anyone who wants to hold her accountable. She posts things like, we are the daughters of the king who are not moved by this world. We are protected. We walk in authority. We speak with boldness. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. They're not going to like you the more you look like Jesus. So the theme of these scriptures that she posts are always, you are elevated and your enemies will be defeated. Some fellow foster moms and I had been discussing a certain person recently, whereas he basically uses certain things as a weapon mm-hmm. to say this is why these people are coming after me That's to make exactly themselves a victim yes but not acknowledging all of the deficiencies in his character the reasons he thinks people are coming after him would have been probably things that would be a saving grace. It makes me wonder if he struggles with narcissism, that he can't see any deficiencies in his own character that might be the true reason mm-hmm. people take issue with him. Pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. I do know about. who you're talking about, yeah. But but just like that, it's like if, if anybody doesn't want to be his friend or support him or say nice things about him, if anybody comments something that's not supportive on anything he posts, his response is these are the reasons they're coming for me. That is exactly and what happens. And it sounds there. like that's what Brittany Dawn yeah. is doing. You know, if you don't like me, it's because you don't like Jesus. And Jesus doesn't like you either. And Jesus doesn't like you either. I feel like her entire grift or her whole platform is if Jesus is for me, then he is against everybody else. That's a scripture that I definitely butchered. <laughs> but I feel like that is her whole, the basis of, she doesn't post verses like, Like the Beatitudes or things like that. She doesn't post stuff like that. Everything she posts is, I'm okay because I have Jesus. So you're the problem, basically. Right. If that makes any sense. I mean, it... I understand what you're saying, but it does not make any sense at all. Well, there's like a total lack of self-awareness. Right. And this like weaponized religion. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. everybody who loves Jesus has to agree exactly. with everything she does and her methods, even though she has been called out as a scammer. Yeah. And at this point, she's been more than called out, which I cannot wait to get to. And everything that happened with her you know, not certified nutritionalist programs, she ended up being banned from PayPal. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she's not able to access PayPal services from what I understand. After all this happened, she goes to Hawaii. She ends up getting a divorce from her first husband. Her first husband eventually came out to say a lot of things about that marriage. And one of those things was that she would have him take pictures with all of this food, like donuts, Oreos, whatever, pizzas, and she would post them on her social media saying flexible dieting or hashtag ED survivor. But then she wouldn't eat them. He had to eat them or she'd have like a bite and he had to eat them. Him coming out and talking about what life was like 
has been interesting. Not all of it's relevant to foster care, but um, that's one of the things that he said. So they get a divorce. She goes through her finding herself period or whatever she did. She is posting Christian stuff on social medias. She posts a lot about relationships. Eventually, she ends up meeting her now husband, Jordan, at a coffee shop. And their relationship is fast. Um, I think from the time they met to their wedding was 12 months. And so there's tons and tons of controversy about Brittany and Jordan. Lots of untruthfulness. So they talked a lot about saving themselves for marriage. And a lot of her TikToks were how desperate she was to consummate her marriage. And then later it's revealed that Jordan had actually lived there while they were not married, which who cares? It's just that she's lying. Yeah. It's just that she continues to lie. And it shows that her behavior has not changed at all right. from back in her, you know, licensed nutritionalist days. So they quickly start trying for a family. At this point, right now, current day, they've been married a year and they've had a few bumps in the road and trying for a family. And so Brittany said on TikTok that someone at her She Lived Freed event, which is really hard to say, by the way. She says that this woman at one of her events comes up to her and says, you're meant to be a foster parent. So Brittany and Jordan in the last year became foster parents. In the meantime, there's various other controversies that take place. They are constantly. Can we talk about some of the big ones? We need to. They cannot keep themselves out of trouble. The majority of the time, the reason that people are attacking them is because they're posting it to social media. Right. So they're hugely problematic, but they can't look at anybody over the other than themselves. Can we talk about James? Please. Okay. When Brittany and Jordan were attending a church called Mercy Culture, and one day the story goes that a homeless man named James walked in and he gave his last 15 cents to the church as a tithe. And they were very inspired and motivated by James. And so they took him to get a haircut. They bought him some clothes at Walmart. Did they video? They did. This. They videoed all of it. They exploited the crap out of this man. So I just throwing out there is there not a scripture regarding let you know thou shalt not exploit I <laughs> know but I believe there's a scripture that is like you know if you're doing something to brag or what have you then that's your reward your brag. you've already received your reward right yeah, totally so they take him to their house to take a shower they video him singing in the shower they put him up in a hotel for a little while not more than a few weeks I don't think and then they get him into a rehab called Alpha House. So all that on the surface looks wonderful. However, they started a GoFundMe for James and they raised $25,000, which is also wonderful. It was supposed to be for James. In one of the videos, they said that they were going to use that money for like the clothes and all that, but that the money was going to pay for his rehab. But then they realized that Alpha House, where he was going, was free. So then they said that the money would be used to buy James a car. So James went to rehab and this is... Over a year ago, they weren't married. And how yet. much money was raised for James? 25000 Okay. Significant amount of money. A lot of money. James is now out of rehab and he, this has like blown up. So he's been interviewed by various TikTokers and there have been messages that have been leaked. And when James got out of rehab, he tried to contact uh, Brittany and Jordan and he was not successful. Allegedly, he was blocked. Did they already give him the car? There's, there's no car. What do you mean? Where the twenty five thousand go? I know, because any reasonable person would give a needy person the money that's entitled to them. Um, that you collected. Knows. So he says that Jordan gave him six thousand dollars, and that he didn't know about the GoFundMe. He thought Jordan just gave him money. 
right. to get like whatever on his feet. So he didn't even know about the GoFundMe until very recently. So this has been going on over a year. So in response to that, Brittany and Jordan put out a video that said, leave James alone and us too, threatening to sue people for slander, which I don't know if you know, but slander has to be not true. Right. So if they wanted to sue people for slander, they would have to produce documents showing that they yeah. gave the money all right. 25000 to James. The, at least receipts. Like, right. this is the hotel. This is the... Have any receipts come? No. Okay. So people were calling on her saying, show us the receipts that you... And instead of saying, you're right, we've just been busy, which is perfectly acceptable to say, here's the hotel, here's the flight, here's... Because they did spend money on him. Instead, right. they made a video about how not everything is everybody's business. But people were donating money to James. Right. And they were videoing him taking a shower, you know, like they were videoing him at his lowest possible point, making it everybody's business. If they would come out with receipts, this would go away. I but mean, these people sound stellar. They're terrible people. <laughs> so... Um, I wouldn't leave my dog with them, which is a whole different topic that we're not even going to get into because it's not really that relevant to foster care. So they, they are not providing receipts. They're threatening to sue. And like all these people, I don't know how they're going to sue all these people. Like I'm going to sue potato in my butt from Reddit. I mean, what? anyway, and that would open them up to a massive amount of discovery that they don't want. Right. They do not want that. So right. anyway, whatever, bring it on. Brittany is also banned from GoFundMe. So, oh, so now she's banned from GoFundMe and PayPal. How is she going to grift without any of these? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely interesting to watch. Okay, so this guy that she's with, Jordan? Jordan. Is he a stellar guy? Like, is he just along for her wild ride? Or is he, you know... I don't know. I, I can't speak to what goes on in their marriage because I don't know them, but I can tell you a little bit about Jordan's history if you'd like to hear oh, it. Oh, tell me all about okay. Jordan. Because these people are foster parents. They are. And, and I was recently talking to someone about how there are things that are legal and illegal, but there are also things that are appropriate and not appropriate. And when you are a foster parent, you kind of have to be held to a higher standard when you're caring for others. Mm -hmm. This um, very special person here, very well-known influencer, mm -hmm. has now become a foster parent and what, what you've told me thus far is pretty troubling so tell me tell me again about okay. this man so that Jordan. she chose to uh, journey through Jordan life Nelson. with yes so in 2013 december jordan was videoed on a dash cam uh violently assaulting a unarmed black man so basically what happened was a person in a neighborhood called law enforcement saying there's a black man in all black clothing walking down the street. Wow. It's terrible. That's Jordan and four other officers arrived to the scene and I've seen the video and it's highly traumatic for me to watch. This was a, ma a black man walking. Can I just tell you how many times I've been like uh, walking at night to try to get some exercise in and nobody has well, ever it's a good thing you're white right that's why so this is horribly tragic like everybody failed this man and so once he's approached you can see it all on video you can hear it he's totally respectful he holds his hands out at a 90 degree angle so they can see that he has nothing and jordan kicks his legs out from under him and slams his face into the concrete because he was walking yeah. Wow. So you can hear them checking to see if his eyes are dilated with the flashlight. They call an ambulance for him. And then what? Jordan. So it must up. have been a hard crash if they think. Yeah. If they are thinking that he has a concussion. Yeah. Jordan gets up while they're waiting on the ambulance and he reenacts what he had just done to this poor guy. And it's all caught on dash cam. What do you mean reenacts? He like 
shows his fellow officers what he did, like pretends to kick the air or whatever, you know, like in a look what I did kind of way in a braggy kind of way in a funny kind of way. Or were they questioning what this he did was right after? So I can't speak to what his intention was. But it was immediately after it looked showboaty, but I have no idea. And I've I watched the video once and I don't ever want to watch it again. So this it, is Brittany Dawn's husband. Yeah. Christian influencer, Brittany Dawn. He ends up being sued by the ACLU for this, for using a disproportionate amount of force. I was, mean, should he have used any force for yeah. a man who was walking and being respectful no. and compliant? Right. What was the appropriate amount of force? Of course. Yeah. You know, this is all caught on dash cam and you can mostly hear what's being said. Maybe there was something that the public's not aware of, but if he was sued by the ACLU for a disproportionate level of force, I'm thinking that there was just cause. So he ends up no longer being employed by the Kansas City Police Department. And I don't know if he was fired. Tell me Jordan's full name. Jordan Nelson. He has now a history of abuse of power. Right. And inappropriate behavior with a minority. So, and this concerns me about him because they are licensed for kids zero to four who are largely nonverbal and cannot protect themselves. So... It's a terrible combination. Okay. And so where do they live now? They live in like the Metroplex in Texas. So Fort Worth, Texas, I think. Okay. And since you are from Texas, you Uh have a little familiarity with the foster care system Uh there. It is not privatized like Florida, right? It is now. It it wasn't when I was there. Yeah. Okay. So since they've been licensed, it has been privatized. Yes. Yes. So it runs like this over here Mm -hmm. in Florida. Is there like one agency... And maybe they have smaller private agencies that I think that's they how so I'm now so far removed because right. I worked there from I worked for Child Protective Services from 02 to 04. So now that's been a while. But um, that's my understanding is that it's similar. Similar. OK, so and do we know anything about who they are licensed with? Like, is it no. the main CMO or Probably the only smart thing they've ever done is not share that because the I mean, everybody would stop call. ringing. Yeah. 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 I mean, these people should not be foster parents. Okay. So she is being sued by the state of Texas. Oh, yes. So yeah, that would be so about a year ago, a lawsuit was filed with big, bold letters that said you are being sued. And um, she's being sued for deceptive trade practices. And so it's specifically about her targeting people with eating disorders and not providing what she what people paid for. And, And some of that is that she promise privatized time with people that she never delivered that she also sold meal plans she that sold she didn't plans. deliver right yeah two completely different bodies would get the same meal plan and these meal plans were like 900 calories a day so which that's like less than a toddler eats right know? so everybody's gonna lose weight because it's 900 right. calories a day right. whether that's healthy for everyone and she charged shipping on an electronic document just like icing on the cake wow. she charged a shipping fee for something that was email electronically that trial is in March. So, um, and there, the state of Texas is seeking between 250000 and $1 million. Wow. Yeah. Did you pay that? What happens if she can't pay that? It specifically states in the documents that she's not protected with like bankruptcy. So if she files for bankruptcy, she still has to pay it. So I don't know. I know that like your house is usually protected from. Right. I think like your house in one car, right? I don't know about the one car, but I, I think the house for sure. And you know, my thought was she'll file for bankruptcy immediately. But then I learned recently that the lawsuit does not allow for the debt to be discharged via bankruptcy. So we'll just see what happens. I don't know. 
In the meantime, she's threatening to sue people for slander. So I'm guessing she got a wild hair one night and thought, oh, this is how I can make that money, you know, to pay the state back. Um, but in order to sue people for slander, she has to prove. Like first that it was not true, which is crazy because all of this is a response to things that she has posted herself right. or what's on like the open web. Um, and two, you have to show that it's impacted your life, like financially or something. So and. Uh, to her credit, she is constantly losing sponsors. So recently she posted a TikTok with a hair product called Pros, and she had to take it down pretty quick because people started messaging Pros, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't want to work with this kind of person. So it's not like people were making things up about her. These are all true things. Right. She became licensed when? Uh, I think December of 2022, right around then. So one month ago, she was licensed in the state of Texas uh-huh. to be a foster parent to children who come into dependency mm-hmm. between the ages of, what was it? Zero? Zero to four is what she originally said. Who knows if she's going to change that. But. Okay. So has she shared anything about this journey? She has. Oh, tell me more. So they took a baby straight from the hospital and they are now under a lot of scrutiny from just regular people like you and me because they have shared quite a bit about this child so what are the rules and the laws i mean we can we can talk about like what's appropriate and not but do you know what the law or the rule is in texas i believe you can't show their face on social media okay i don't know what if there's a rule about maintaining the child's privacy i would imagine that there's something in the bylaws or the documents or something suggesting that a child's information belongs to them right um i mean ethically i think that's obvious yeah i don't know if it's a law i think and i don't know about laws or rules or what but i know as a foster parent in the state of florida i cannot post a picture publicly of a face of a child in foster care most importantly i can't share their specific details i can't talk about their status in foster care i can't talk about their situation independency or their case or their personal health information or anything about their parents Like, these are private things that I am not the legal parent of this child and I don't have a right to share with the world. So what what exactly is she sharing? So, I mean, just to piggyback off that, like, I think it's important to note that even a newborn is a person with value who has the right to privacy. Just like you're saying, even my biological children, I'm not sharing the personal details of their lives on social media. So it's really important to acknowledge that even an infant... They have the right to privacy. They should not be exploited. So they only had this baby for, I think, three weeks. They shared lots of pictures and videos, but they blurred out the face. I I do remember one where you could see part of the baby's face, but I'm sure it was just an accident. They've shared that the mother is underage, from what I understand. Oh, they've talked about their foster placement's mom. They've talked about... That and they've talked about how or she has talked about how watching him withdrawal from substance abuse is so hard and she doesn't understand how anybody wow. could do that to a baby. <gasps> she said that on social media? It's on TikTok if you want to go look. She still has it up? Yeah. What? She talks a lot about like he's having a visit with the biological mother, which is fine to say that. It's just it indicates that. You know, it's like formality. It's like. Right. And now, like, there are certain situations where I would use the term biological mom or biological mother. But I think especially on social media and especially when it's quite clear, if you're going to visit, we're not talking about you foster mom. We're talking about his mom Mm -hmm. or her mom. 
or their mom. Yeah, not appropriate. And so you've got this woman who's just had a baby and we could make all kinds of assumptions about her. But I think the safe assumptions is that she was in pain. She was likely bleeding. She probably had like milk leaking and a baby was taken away. And we don't know how she got in that situation. What we do know is that trauma drives addiction. Right. And we don't know, like, we don't know what she was using. You've got a minor who's dealing with addiction by likely no fault of her own, probably because of trauma, like almost certainly because of trauma. And now her baby's been removed. And now there's a person online that is posting for their 1.2 million followers that's saying, I don't know how anybody could do this to a baby, to their 1.2 million followers. And they're posting videos like January 22, I just want to be a mom by Christmas. And then she's posting these after pictures with her gleefully, joyfully staring at the baby under Christmas lights, under like a Christmas light display. So it is a little that icky yeah i mean i think the cringe factor is off the charts it's, it's pretty disrespectful it is so people start saying things to her like this is not your baby you are not this child's mother i normally like i've worked with i don't know so many foster parents and i normally would be empowering and be like you are mothering this child because you're up in the night with them because you are cleaning up the vomit because you're administering medicine because you're doing every single feeding you're dealing with gassy tummies but i do think this is something different right i think people started to attack her because all of these like i hate to call them microaggressions but that's what i want to call them towards the biological mother right so in the comments it was really interesting to watch because people started saying things like, you know, reunification is the goal, right? It should always be the goal. Were people getting the feel from the post that she was making that she was planning to adopt? Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's what people were starting to... She would say reconciliation is the goal, which I found really abusing because that's not what we call it. We call it reunification. Why reconciliation? I think she's like overly religious and that was stuck in her head. I don't know. But it's reunification that's the goal. As you know, I'm not... I'm like pointing this out to you, like as if you had no idea Really, um, after fostering like what, 150 kids. But so she'd have like so many comments. Right. And in the comments, people are saying, you know, reunification has to be the goal. Right. And then people would come to her defense and they would say that is not always the best thing for a child. And she would only like those comments for the most part. She just liked the comments that would say that's not always the best thing for a right. child. Or they would say, you know how the child got in this situation, right? Well, I bet those people probably are the only ones that don't hate Jesus. Exactly. Because <laughs> they are yes. not incomplete in the They are going to heaven and we are all going to be in hell together. So it was interesting to watch because a lot of the things she's saying are not necessarily wrong. But when you look at the whole picture, it's definitely giving not supporting the bio parents at all. Okay. Now, let me, let me ask you a question that I'm starting to get concerned about in my head. The more you tell me this story, everything in the past seems to be focused towards monetization. Mm -hmm. Now she seems to be focusing her social media on becoming this foster parent. Is there... Nothing has changed. She's still focusing on monetizing. Okay, but how... So even before she had her first placement, she was posting um, items with affiliate links for Amazon. Look at this cute, whatever. This is a car seat we got. It's amazing. Even though no baby had ever been in the car seat. You know, that kind of thing. So she's putting her word behind products that she right. has yet to use. Exactly. Because she has not yet become a parent. Exactly. So their stroller was something like $800. Their car seat was like very, very expensive. I would never, I would never pay. It was like $400. I don't remember. But you know, they all lot. have to meet the same guidelines. 
times. The $45 Walmart car seat is just fine. Um, <laughs> they're all going to get spit up on and vomited in. Uh, crap from in. all ends. Yeah. Yep. Um, they all end up really stinky. So I remember I was so naive to buy like the car seat for a child that's like one to 10. And that lasted like, I don't know, two years. And it was trash. <laughs> anyway, um, so she's monetizing all of this. They had a foster care shower, which is fine. She has made an absolute fortune on TikTok um, using the creator fund. Wow. Yeah. You, do you know, I don't know if I ever told you this. We <laughs> we get requests sometimes for people to put advertisements on the podcast. One of the ones that I got the biggest kick out of was like, I think it was like a service that you could get like prescriptions online. Yeah. And it was like for some more questionable medication. Nice. And I'm like, why on earth do they think that we would support that? I feel like they don't know what we're doing here. I think not. I feel so bad for this poor baby and this baby's mother. Like nobody needed to know, even though you know, he wasn't identified by the public. Nobody needed to know all of those things. Right. And you have to know that people in their community yeah knew who her foster kid was yeah. and then had to see it play out publicly and that mother if she knew do you know any bio moms who don't google the foster parent if they have any information nope. i mean if you ask mac she'll be like she was telling somebody that this morning she's like oh i googled the heck out of you couldn't find anything if this underage mom googled her Yep. her son's foster mom and found out who she was and then saw all this stuff about sometimes i wonder if that's why the child was moved because the child was moved oh a week well, ago that's great news it is great news so i don't know if he went back to bio mom or if he went to another foster home because in her tiktok she says this is what we do when a child leaves our home even though they wait, only wait, had wait. one child this is what we do right every single every single time, time. <laughs> um and she posts a video of her like packing the bag and blankets right. and clothes which is wonderful to do that. I know you're really good at that too. Like making sure the child leaves with clothes, with right. all their stuff. As and much stuff as possible. Yeah. Send all the toys with them. Yeah. All the toys. Exactly. Don't need any more toys. Well, goodbye. <laughs> so she does, she says, this is what we do when a child goes home. The child left, I think, over the weekend. So that is kind of questionable. But in the video, is going home and to his forever family. So I don't know. Forever family? I don't know where the child went. And it's none of my business. I, you know, we didn't even know, have to know that she had become a foster parent. We didn't have to know anything about this child. But then how would have she made money? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wait, wait, wait. She said going to their forever family, the child was newborn to their house, less than a month old. Well, I, I sure hope he went home to his mom. I hope so too. So, but you're right. Like I would be absolutely furious if that's where my child went. And not just that, but the thing that concerns me the most is that this child lived with a man who used excessive force on a vulnerable person, person who couldn't even like put their hands in their pocket. And now we're going to put the most vulnerable the most of vulnerable, our society. Who's nonverbal, cannot protect themselves in any way with a man who could not control his rage. Not just rage, like prejudice. Is it possible they lost their license? I don't know. I'm thinking like what I, I'm also really concerned that like, why didn't their licensing person Google them? And it, I'm even more concerned if they did Google them and they saw all of this. Well, don't you think the background checks would have pulled like the lawsuits? And I have no idea. I don't think so because they're not criminal. They're civil. But still, 
I I would like to know that. That would be interesting to know. I think whoever their agency is really needs to take more precautions because let me tell you something. Well, I don't have to tell you, you know, if something happens to this baby, if something had happened to that baby or if something happens to any baby, any baby that comes into their house, that agency's over because you have this couple that should have never been licensed. Jordan used excessive force on a man who didn't, he did nothing wrong. He didn't deserve it. This is a person who historically has not valued other human beings, neither of them. I think the common theme is that they don't value other people. You're taking people with eating disorders who are a vulnerable population and you're taking their money. And some of them have been quoted and they're talking about how their eating disorders got way worse on these diet plans. And I I don't know anything about eating disorders. Like I, I can't speak to like the ins and outs, but people were saying I got worse. And she said she was like an expert on eating disorders. This was her bread and butter. This is what she does. Well, it did turn out to be her bread and butter, but (laughs) she ended up harming all these people. And so they have... I want to know why he, his only punishment for brutally attacking a black man for walking down the road was just losing his job. Yeah, I don't know. Don't you think charges should have been filed? Isn't that an assault? Yeah. How come you don't get charged for assault if you're a police or do you? I don't know, but the guy ended up being arrested and he lost his job because he was in jail for two weeks. And the guy he hit? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. I don't know what the charges originally were, but I know that eventually, you know, they ended up suing. Like the ACLU sued him. The guy was just walking on the street. He'd done nothing wrong. Why did they arrest him? I don't know. The guy's name was Joshua Bills. And if he had done to Jordan what Jordan did to him, you know, he would have suffered severe punishment. You know, he probably would have been shot or definitely be in prison. So it really is tragic that Jordan Nelson has had no consequences. The ACLU.org website has an article about this. It said in December 2013, walking blocks from his home, Bills was approached by five officers who surrounded him. He greeted the officers calmly. He stood with his hands down to his sides at a 45 degree angle. He did not act aggressively. The police stopped him because of a call about a black man, black clothing. Then the encounter went south. It seemed emblematic of racialized profiling, racialized policing that is all too familiar. Despite being cooperative with the officers, Officer Jordan Nelson, without warning, grabbed one of Bill's arms and violently kicked his legs out. From under him, smashing his face into the concrete. As Bills lay on the ground, injured and motionless, another officer knelt on his back to restrain him while they placed him under arrest. It's terrible. And then Jordan reenacted right. the assault. Just disgusting. Bill said, uh, this isn't the first time this has happened to me. When a police officer has said, hey, you look suspicious for no reason other than my skin color. It's not even the first time I've been roughed up. It's just the first time I've been able to draw attention to it. My existence shouldn't be cause for concern. Bills was held in jail for two weeks without bond following the incident, and he lost his job. These people sound pretty horrendous. They became foster parents. They continued to be horrendous by profiting off of their uh, posts about this foster child sharing personal information. They've stolen from countless people. A PPP loan for Be Don Fit that Brittany received in the year 2000 when her fitness company had been defunct for years. Wow. That's so special. She got a twenty dollars or $25,000 PPP loan. Her website is now back up. Be Don <laughs> Fitness is back up. I don't know why, but I speculate that it has something to do with either the lawsuit or the fraudulent PPP loan that she received. 
Our original question is what type of people shouldn't be fostering? Brittany and Jordan should not be fostering. Any vulnerable human or animal should not be in their care. And there's a lot more to the story that we just haven't gone over today. Where, like, where do we draw the line? Like, where does licensing say, okay, that's a bit much. I remember when I worked for an agency in Texas, we had a couple that wanted to be foster parents and she had undergone um, an assault and like kind of a back alley assault. Someone assaulted her and it was scary. And the agency recognizing that that the trauma could impact her parenting, asked for her to see a therapist and asked for that therapist to just send a note clearing her and saying, yes, she's had therapy. Yes, she's fine to be a foster parent. Um, Unfortunately, she refused. But I don't know where the lines are with this agency. I don't know why they didn't say. You mentioned licensing. So let's go back to that for a second. And if you recall, when we had read in here, what she was saying is that they are limited on what they can close a home for Mm -hmm. they're limited you know basically they have to follow dcf guidelines and i think that when when you don't follow a certain set of guidelines Uh that you open yourself up to if a person could just say hey this looks a little hinky to me that could open them up to like charges of discrimination people could be not allowing certain people to foster because of the way they look or Mm -hmm. their culture or their race uh, or their handicaps you know i think things have to be clear however too often the need for more foster homes causes people to err on allowing foster homes to be licensed mm-hmm. that shouldn't be and allowing foster homes to remain licensed that shouldn't be. In this case in particular, I feel like his history with violent force with the department. You would think that that would that have, should be enough. Wouldn't would that not show up on a background check? I don't know. I mean, it would certainly show up on a Google check. It, and yeah, that's... We, and can you do a background check and not do a Google check? Right. I mean, how is that... When we talked to Red, she said some of these things aren't up to licensing. They're up to DCF. Not to put ownership on one or the other. I just wonder where that line is. Right. And where the accountability is for saying, you know, this person is not safe to be putting kids with. Even if something happens that's innocent, even if they're... I don't know, like in a car accident and it makes the news, like people are going to be like, well, it wasn't reckless driving because we know him to be this way. This agency has opened them up for so much potential for trouble. That reminds me of a situation that I had with a guardian ad litem. Probably my only negative experience with the guardian ad litem program thus far has been with one specific case. This man was a little inappropriate with my girls and did things that were against the guidelines of the guardian ad litem program. When I called to make a complaint, his direct supervisor had no problem with it. The supervisor over that supervisor had no problem with it. So I had to go a little bit off the chain. Mm -hmm. I'll say that that was an understatement, but um, the bottom line and what I told them is you, you have two possibilities here. Either this person is a child predator finding out what he can get away with And eventually will hurt a child if he has not already or he is naive and unaware that putting himself in this position opens himself up so much to like accusations Mm -hmm. that he will not be able to protect himself from. Right. Either way. You're in for trouble. The risk is way too high for you to be allowing this volunteer 
Yeah. To represent your agency. That's a great point because that's exactly what this agency is doing. And when these people are signing up with an agency, this agency has to determine what is the risk here? Yeah. Is one this way or that way, but either way, you know, we've got a big old target on our backs with them yeah. in our ranks. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I do think that everybody has the right to evolve, that everybody has the right to change and do better. Um, I think that like when it comes to cancel culture, which, you know, I think cancel culture has been trying to take over her for a long time. There are people who have done stupid things and the community and society has tried to cancel them. But because those people tend to provide more value to their community than they're taking away, those people end up not getting canceled, if that makes any sense. Like they give more than they take. Also, people who have self-awareness end up not getting canceled. People who can come out and say, I was so dumb. I should have never done that. A complete selfish oversight on my um, my part or whatever as people we screw up all the time and we i tell my kids this all the time we all make mistakes i make mistakes you make mistakes daddy makes mistakes the important thing when you make a mistake is to be honest about mm-hmm. it and try and do better yeah but but the biggest thing is the honesty piece like if you can be honest i was talking to my son because he's really struggling with um with anxiety especially when he feels like someone's questioning something that he did he has this debilitating anxiety that usually ends up with him doing something that's it's way worse than, you know, yeah. did you hit your brother with a pillow? And, you know, then it turns into like this whole big scenario. If you hit your brother with a pillow, you know what? Sometimes I hit someone with a pillow. I mean, I really don't get into too many pillow fights these <laughs> days, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes I hit someone in a car, but I'm honest about it. Right. <laughs> right. And, right. and then you... <laughs> Listen, it's a big vehicle. Um, Nobody expects someone to not ever make a mistake. What we do expect is for people to be honest. Yeah. And to try and grow from them. Yeah. And uh, try not to make the same mistakes too many times, you know? Yeah. I tell my kids about that all the time, too. Or, like, I try to point out when I've made a mistake. Like, oh, my God, mommy was so dumb today. Listen, listen (laughs) to what I, or whatever. Because, like, it's really important to have that vulnerability and be like, yeah, I was wrong. And what this woman does not realize is that if she had done that a long time ago, if her apology hadn't been, I'm sorry if I made people feel like... I'm sorry if you thought I did something wrong. All the while in that video, her dryer's going in the background, which is just like, it's... Microaggressions was probably the wrong word, but it's like death by a thousand cats. aggressive? Maybe. Yeah. So, um... If death she by a thousand cats cuts but cats would be that would work too <laughs> you that know too. you know jack jr wants a cat and i'm like horribly allergic like my throat closes up and i can't breathe oh and he was campaigning again in the car today and i'm like okay yeah you really really want one that's great you really really want my throat to close up and no but i do want the cat and then he's you know harping on the hypoallergenic and i'm like i don't even know how we got on the Topic of cats. Death by a thousand. But yeah, death it's by, relevant. I mean, death, death by, a by a thousand cats is how I would go it's out. It's a lot of pee in the litter box. Yeah. And it, yeah. I think that if she would be willing to yeah. recognize that she has done some things that have hurt people, and we don't always hurt people on purpose, you know? Right. And if she would say, I screwed up, yeah. or I, yes, I did this, this was wrong. I realize that now. You know, and just take some responsibility. A lot of these issues would dissolve. And this is something that I really think about um, biological parents. The ones that are the most successful are the ones ones who take responsibility. Yes. Yes. It's 
Yeah, like, like if you can be like, this is where I messed up. This is how I hurt my kid. My kids deserve better. Right. Like I'm going to make these changes and I'm going to do it. Those are the people that do like, listen, don't get me started about Mac. I make mistakes as a parent all the time. I make the wrong choice when I should have made this choice, you know, address this kid when I should have addressed that kid. I made a kid feel a certain way because I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. But every time I can recognize that and be like, hey, I really messed that up. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I thought you did this. I didn't know it was this situation or I didn't realize what was going on at the time. I didn't understand that when you walked through and like slammed your backpack on the counter, like that you were really upset about ABC. And instead of like being mad about a stupid backpack being thrown, I should have been like, Hey, what's wrong? You know? And, and, uh, we all suck as parents until we learn and get better and take accountability for how we suck. Yeah, absolutely. And so we all need to grow and learn. But if she would take responsibility for some of these things in the correct way and recognize that human beings have value, all of them, the people that she scammed with her fitness scam, the baby that she just had in her care deserved. And that mother, that mother deserves so much more than she got from. Uh, Hopefully she is, um, been reunified with her child I hope so. and hopefully Brittany Dawn and Jordan the uh thug I mean Jordan the um ex-police officer the, who's been sued by the ACLU ex-police officer is a distant memory for both of them I hope so but I really hope that that a licensing does some reevaluation because this is not an appropriate way for an adult to behave. I mean, all children at the end of their childhood should recognize that human beings have value and we should treat them as such, you know? And I have to say, like when you talked about your parenting, I was just thinking that I have one child who just does not listen like ever. And I'm sure it's the age, (laughs) fingers crossed. (laughs) But when I am tired and I am tempted to let that child just do whatever they want, I think about Brittany Dawn. Oh, wow. And I think about this is what happens when you have never been told no in your life. Or this is what happens when I don't know that that was the case. But this is what happens when there's no accountability. Right. And you grow up and then you have the audacity to be verbally aggressive with anybody who questions you. For instance, James and the GoFundMe. If you grow up like that, it must be it must feel confusing. And you must you probably do feel angry when anybody questions you. So when I am tired of parenting, and I don't feel like following through with things, Brittany Dawn's not the only person I think of, but I do think of her. I also think about like Casey Anthony. And but I think about people who get angry when people call them to the carpet, if that makes sense. Yeah. If I had a GoFundMe and someone asked for receipts, I'd be like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I, I totally yeah. understand. Right. I don't want to be arrested. <laughs> so here are the receipts because you know people are being arrested. For, like there's several people that have been arrested for having GoFundMe scams. I mean, and that's what makes you a better parent is that you're aware that you're not perfect. That we all have some suckage that we have to get over. And, and one of the struggles that I have with Jack Jr. sometimes is that um, I'm trying to be a better parent. And, and because of that, the way that I parent my children has evolved in certain ways. And he doesn't always like seeing me parent differently than how I parented him. So I know that that's a struggle for him. And it's hard for me to explain, like, you know. (laughs) I've had that conversation with my middle child. Like, I know better now, so I do better now. What I always say is uh, fair isn't always even. Everybody needs something different. And especially that, you know, Jack Jr. and um, baby Jack uh, need very different parenting. Yeah. Um, And sometimes that's hard to... uh, explain to Mm -hmm. the youth 
It is. The youth in question. A strong sense of justice. and Yeah, very strong sense of justice. Yeah. I really think that we've kind of got a handle on this Brittany Dawn situation. I mean, I don't know that anybody can really get a handle on her. There's a lot there. And, you know, I left out a lot because it didn't really pertain to foster parenting. And that's really what I wanted to get to is ethically... Where is the line? I'm not saying that they are going to hurt a child. What I am saying is if they did, no one would be surprised. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on social. We hope that you join us again next time and keep on fostering the future.